This is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful in how they impact modern society and culture. Hello. It's summertime. Summertime. Summertime without the two marketeers, because we're not going to be here. We're going on vacation. Things Lindsay sings. Oh, right. apologies. I'm going to keep the singing to a minimum, because we're not in celebration mode. Oh, okay. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. For those of you who see us, we are enjoying our... Ooh drinks where's yours from starbucks baby okay good me Starby, too. baby you're cold i'm hot we'll leave it at you know that. i'm very tired when you see me with a starbucks oh yeah that's that's worth the stop you know couldn't sleep there's a lot of stuff going on in my neighborhood yesterday it's just Did too you... much let's just skip by your crime-ridden neighborhood and let's talk about what's happening okay it's summer, people. It's the first, yesterday was the solstice. Happy solstice to you all. So let's get into it. But wait, for anyone who doesn't know, we never record in the summer. This is our final recording of season three. We always take the summers off to rest and regroup. Apparently. Hilarious. We never rest. So this is our last recording, baby. Watch out. You will see us in fall of 2023 again, folks. You'll also, I mean, check us out on LinkedIn because we're going to stay pretty active on, you know, bringing up old stuff. <laughs> I will not be active. So don't check me out on LinkedIn. So Lindsay had a great idea. I know, I just kidding. TBD uh, on if that's true. <laughs> Uh, we've done it before. We're wrapping up the season and we're going to share maybe probably the biggest revelation each one of us have had over the last season. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay's going to go first. Yeah. And I was like, can we bring our top three? And Sean's like, no, it's got to be one thing that's either personally or professionally impacted you over the course of the recording of this season. So I was like, do we have to get in? Is this going to be a therapy session? It always is. So now it is. Okay, perfect. Okay. As <laughs> I was thinking about what I should be talking about, I was like, how personal do we want to get? So the thing that I have been marinating on is this desire or obsession or like constant need for progress forward motion like moving forward momentum momentum ah! <laughs> <laughs> watch out so it's because i think a lot of people recognize this coming out of the pandemic when you were forced to like be still people were like i need to move forward but actually it's not a new thing so this idea or this like constant need for progress is like a deep rooted human desire. And I think over the course of, 
you know, my adult years, there's been a lot of chatter about happiness. Like people pursue mm. happiness. They're like, how can we be happy? And there's like the happiness project and like happiness is supposed to be the end goal of your life. And if you're happy, then you're living a good life. Right. And as in the last couple of years, happiness and progress have like become very closely linked. And I think even before that, but for me, so the idea now kind of is that progress leads to happiness. Like it's right. not happiness that you're actually looking for. Progress is what you're looking for, like forward motion and like a feeling of progressing and a feeling or the result that comes out of progress is happiness. Mm. Right? Yeah. So Sean and I are on, we do a weekly status where we jibba jabba for 25 minutes and then we work for five. And on our weekly status, I was like, throughout the summer, Sean's like, I'm going to be working and doing stuff on LinkedIn. And I was like, I want to blow this baby up. Like, what are we going to do? Like, what's next for the podcast? What's our next thing that we want to do? And I am very much so guilty of this like obsession with progress. What's next? What am I doing? What's happening? You know, with my career, with like everything, everything. It's like always about kind of the next thing. And then on the other side of that, I was like watching this talk with uh, Michelle Obama, where she was talking about this idea of enoughness, like trying to sit in enoughness and be like, this is enough. Mm. And how that change in perspective can actually also lead to obviously increased happiness and being like, I actually don't need to be anywhere else or move anywhere forward from where I am right now, like trying to appreciate the enoughness of your life. Mm. So the reason I bring this all up is because I had an experience as well with some client work that I was doing this week. And I think this idea of progress also relates to brands and to consumers. Absolutely. So I'm like circling this idea around as I'm like professionally and personally marinating in this idea of progress and this idea of enoughness. And then I'm like, brands actually behave in the same way. And when we were talking on our last episode about trends and jumping in on the next big thing and what's next, it's also like brands and the way that they activate and the way a lot of marketers activate is with this idea of progress. What's the brand going to do now? What's the next big thing we're going to latch on to? Like, how do we remain relevant? How do we stay top of mind? And a lot of that has to do with progress. Like what are the next steps for this brand and where are we going? But I think actually a big problem or challenge in the industry is that because of the fast paced nature of our culture and society, brands are also not giving themselves enough time to like marinate in certain ideas or projects or initiatives to actually make them effective or successful. So you get into situations with like client work and things that I'm doing where they're like, we want to do this campaign and it's creative and it's promoting a certain product or whatever the case may be. And it's going to be in market for four weeks. And <laughs> it's like, okay, but four weeks isn't necessarily enough time to gain momentum from a brand perspective. So for the idea to get in front of enough people, for it actually to breathe, for it to start to gain momentum and progress and that forward motion that in the end will make it successful. Mm. 
So this is where in my mind, I'm kind of like looping around that this desire and need for progress, which I think is a big thing that I've learned from this season. And over the last year, when we talk about things like trends, when we talk about brand intimacy and how close you're getting to brands and how much exposure you're getting and the relationship, um, I think it's a real thing for people personally and brands and marketers to think about in that it's not always about what's new and what's next but it's also about how we're giving ideas and campaigns and promotions and things, the space to be able to, to grow and gain momentum to kind of generate their own progress and in the end kind of effectiveness. So all that to say, mm-hmm. my big learning comes around progress, enoughness, happiness. And with brands, it's really around how do we do things in a way that drives effectiveness long-term versus kind of quick hit short-term initiatives. So off my soapbox, off my little rant. I think that's, you know, that's the struggle, right? Is saying, I always have to move forward. I always have to have momentum. Mm -hmm. There's a spectrum. There's incredibly fast momentum, which is like short-term payback. It feels so good. I just finished this project. And then there's the slow and steady wins the race, the rabbit and the hare, the rabbit and the hare. No, the tortoise and the hare. Two rabbits go head Two rabbits. (laughs) Who's going to win the race? Um, My opinion in listening to what you're saying is we're always moving forward. Like even if it feels we're not, we are. It's a question of what what kind of momentum do we want? What are we striving for here? And I think the biggest gap I see is a lot of brands and companies have not given themselves the time to readjust in what's happening. And what's happening is without, you know, so they hire the experts, they have all these people, sometimes it's us, um, respectively and collectively. And what I'm noticing, and we were talking about last week, where we were both really frustrated is how are you supposed to grow a brand over time? Every time I do a strategy for a brand, it's about, you know, restructuring it, repositioning as needed, and then building a foundation that will grow trust and grow over time. Mm-hmm. Nobody has time. And I think the reason yeah. I say that is we're at this kind of point where all of us feel that way as humans, right? There's just no time. And mm-hmm. especially when you work in an area where your whole purpose, the whole reason for what you're doing is to show companies how to build a strong foundation that will grow or sustain over time. And we're often disappointed because they love it all at first and then they have to execute something and they're like, yeah, well, we don't have time for that it gets thrown away for the sake of short-term success because, oh my God, we want to be the next huge story. We want to be the next big case study and I want to win the award. There aren't awards to my knowledge that are awarded to a brand for five years of measured, qualifiable growth. Right. There's no time for that, Sean. Yeah. It's all about next uh, award season's gold medal, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I hear you, Lindsay, and it's like, I think it is exactly the time to say this for you, if that's how you're feeling, is, you know, take the time to re- reflect on momentum is inevitable, whether you want to accept it or not. Mm-hmm. We just think that the momentum is always towards improvement. Mm-hmm. And I think like, even if you have a feeling of slowing down for some sort of reason, it doesn't mean that overall you're not moving forward. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah. 
I was actually reading something which I've never heard of before and just made make I think would probably make people feel so much better. Uh, it's called this burnt toast theory. Have you heard of this before? Burnt toast theory? Oh, I know the burnt toast theory. No. This is like a personal, it's not, this is not a brand thing, but we can apply it learnings to brand, but this is like yeah, a yeah, yeah. thing where they were saying like trying to appreciate things that come up in your life as purposeful. So like the burnt toast theory would be like, you're trying to get out the door to a specific meeting in the morning, you're making breakfast and you burn your toast. So you got to get rid of that piece of toast and you got to pop another piece of toast. And because of that, you are now two minutes behind where you would have been. And the two minutes could just change the path of where you're going for maybe a specific reason. So people in this article I was talking, I was reading what it was about, like uh, driving two minutes later. So you miss a car accident as an example. Right. But it's like for everything, it could be that, you know, as a consultant, you lose a project and you're devastated, mm. but maybe that was for something else. Like that the next thing that was coming up that you couldn't take because you would have been busy is like your perfect thing. So like trying to understand and appreciate roadblocks personally, things that slow you down professionally as brands, as consumers, all of those elements for the possible contribution to your life or your experience that you could have. So as going back to personal, as like this stuff happens all the time, it's so easy to become frustrated and it's just nice to have a reframe in your mind around like perhaps these slowdowns are for a benefit that you just don't understand in the moment. And I think for brands, it could be the same type of philosophy. If you think about I don't know, maybe this campaign didn't do what you wanted it to do, or you didn't reach a certain group of consumers, but maybe you reached someone else in another way that could spark a completely new opportunity for your brand. And so I think it's just a really nice reframe uh, professionally and personally to think about that. Got it. And it's about starting to recognize those moments, even to start to recognize. As like where I'm meant to be. When you're being taken off course, yeah. Yeah, where I meant to be as yeah. a as opposed to something that's stopping me from getting me where I want to go. Yeah. Cool, right? Isn't that cool? Yeah, it actually blends in quite nicely with mine. Hit it. Shocking here. It's you've never heard this before, but it's to me, quality over quantity in how I work specifically in how I work. Cause I feel like in life, you know, you're in your fifties, it's all about quality over quantity. It's about slowing down. You know, it's that life progression. It's slowing down. We all can't wait and where we work our butts off in our thirties and twenties and sometimes more so that in the fifties, it can start to get a bit easier for a lot of us uh, is how we think. Um, and then things get easier. If you're willing to make that decision about like choosing the things of greater value to you, but it's all based mm -hmm. on, what you value. And I feel like in that struggle, and I've recently been feeling that struggle where it's like, you know, launched yet another business called Wise Guy, and we launched this podcast, and we, I still got my other business, and I blah, 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 blah. And I remember back to being actually probably about your age, Lindsay, I was just a wee thing, and Thank sitting you. and having my wife in the car. So for those of you who don't know, my wife and I have a company together. She's a brilliant designer. And then wise guy is me on my own because she can only take so much of me. We have our business together. We were driving somewhere and we had two kids in car seats 
and we're rushing somewhere and we just looked at each other and it was just crazy. We're talking about work. We're talking about kids. Don't forget, we have to do that. Oh, and don't forget, we have to invoice that person. Oh, and did you get that deadline? And, da, da, da. and we just looked at each other as we're driving through the suburbs and we're like, do we want to do this for the rest of our lives? Yeah. And there was no answer. It absolutely was rhetoric, but it, and I just remember at that moment and when things got really hectic, because they were hectic, I had to remind myself sometimes is why am I striving so hard to something I know that isn't going to sustain? Meaning I still live in the frame of mind. The more I work, the more money I make. Therefore, the happier, you know, the faster the momentum towards happiness. Um, I say that because since Wise Guy, so it's been about four years, I think, I created that brand as a business to kind of prove to myself that I could make money not based on how many hours I work about having the freedom to not punch in and, and even to kind of get away from that self-fulfilling prophecy of if I believe that the more I work, the more money I make, that's never going to stop because I'm the one making that decision. I can blame clients. I can blame right. whatever. I have that math in my head and it doesn't go away. I still have that math in my head. Right. What I can say now and what is really, you know, you have to pause sometimes and say, so how am I doing is I can say, hey, I don't know if Wise Guy is a huge success on traditional terms, but what here's where I've come. I only take the work that I see a value to me and that I provide value to work that no matter how it ends up, I feel I did my best and I'm proud. And most importantly, no matter how it ends up, I've acquired tremendous learning through experience and I'm able to take that learning and just be better. Hence the idea of wisdom. You're always trying to learn. You're always trying to be better and identify opportunities and look at things through a, a clear lens. So here I am now as a creative strategist, a brand strategist. What I am noticing in the work that I do is that somehow I am getting work that is absolutely the work I want. And even if it is billed based on time to some degree, there's some good math in there when the market value is quite high. I don't in my head and how I put effort toward it is not based on how long I sit at my computer and work. Mm -hmm. I take away the pressure of quantity. I take away the pressure of how many hours, how many of this. And Lindsay, you said it last week is especially in strategy. And I would say creative as well. You get better and better so that your gut instinct informs you sooner right? because you have to make decisions on behalf of there's enough. You'll never have enough information to make the perfect decision. It is our job to get enough information to make a decision on the direction our clients should go. So mm -hmm. what I've learned is, is that am I making more money? Hell no. Am I working less? feels that way. And I kind of feel like that's my big thing. Mm -hmm. Quality over quantity when it comes to how you work, how you value that work, how you adjust your momentum to see like, what am I really trying to do here? And I think quality of work is a key piece of that. Yeah. It's a habit I have to break because I obsess with quantity. If I'm busy, I feel a value. If I'm 
working a lot, I feel more valuable, even though when I work a lot, I have to ignore the things that truly, even if subconsciously, I value more, like family, like time with people I love, like time doing nothing is so valuable. If I'm doing nothing in order to do better work, I don't have to quantify that for my client. I'm the same way. If I'm working more, I feel more valuable. If I'm not busy, I don't feel as valuable. And like we're, it's very deeply ingrained in us as a society, how they make people want to be working so that they can contribute <laughs> to the to economy be. and the whole system. Yeah. But it's so like, also we do it to ourselves, right? It's a narrative that plays in our minds. Yes. And I think what really spurred, you know, the consulting kind of thing or being entrepreneur or doing it for yourself is that you realize when you're so busy, the value exchange between that money and time is off, which is why Absolutely. you want to go and kind of explore how to be able to do, balance your value and your time or the money you make and the time you spend. But I'm the exact same way. I completely understand what you're saying. And I think where it comes down to like, the basic logic, and I, I learned this from Tim Williams, I mentioned really time, is a very simple thing. We, the business we work in, especially as freelancers, no matter how high that value is from an expertise level, is as experts, we follow what is considered a commodity model, meaning hourly based on absolute values. And that's where I think the agency model is going to have to significantly change. Mm-hmm. So that's, whew, was that a lot? It's that's great. it. It's great. I think it's, you know, both personally and professionally, an excellent learning to, to take into the summer as you think about quality time versus quantity of time. That's it. That's it. We're done, baby. Woo! Episode 20 wrapped up. See you next season. See you next season. Happy summer. Bye, Marketeers. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.